Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Get your Bible. Romans chapter 12. If you were with us last time, not last week, but last time, we began a series of teachings on commitment to the local church. And um, the last time I gave you four points um, concerning commitment to the local church. And I told you that we would cover one point the last time and then the next time we'd cover three. Uh, the other three. And since that, the Lord has kind of laid it on my heart um, to uh, break up the four points in the outline to one sermon per, per point of the outline. So we'll do that. Um, we'll continue, and then we'll have four teachings in this series on commitment to the local church. And um, uh, quite honestly with you, I... This whole teaching is simply born out of the fact that it's been heavy on my heart um, concerning the body of Christ and the lack of involvement. Uh, I'm not talking about just Calvary Chapel. I'm talking about churches even worldwide, uh, certainly within our great nation. People in our world are very self-centered. I got two amens right there. That's all right. I'm going to keep going anyway, trust. Very me-oriented society. Self. You know? And I think we've gotten so caught up in self and so inundated with self that we have forgotten that God didn't create you to love yourself. You see, the world tells you love yourself. Am I right about it? You heard it, you hear it all the time, don't you? You can't love nobody else if you don't love yourself. You better love yourself before you can love anybody else. Listen, that sounds good and that's cute. But that's not biblical. Jesus said to love your neighbor as you, y'all know y'all Bibles. Come on up here and teach, coach. You know the Bible. Come on up here and teach. You want? <laughs> He's like, you sure? Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, listen, you love yourself. Now love your neighbor just like you love yourself. And we love ourselves. There's no question about that. So that, that, 
that begins to infect and infiltrate into the church, into the life and the culture and the psyche of the church. And so getting people to serve and getting people to volunteer and there's always a children's ministry appeal and there's always, you know, we need this in the ministry and that in the ministry. Listen, if we all as the body of Christ understood that God has given each and every one of us a gift and we are members of a body, a body. Like your physical body, so their spiritual body. And the members of the spiritual body are gifts of the spirit in which God has bestowed upon us when we get saved. And those gifts are to be used to build up and edify and strengthen each other and encourage each other. First, before we go out into Raleigh Rescue Mission, Habitat for Humanity, Dorm Rescue Mission, Soup Kitchens, and all of these kinds of things that we find ourselves involved in, and yet the church goes lacking. So then the gift that God has given you, help me, Lord, the gift that God has given you, you take it and use it for the world. Don't get me wrong. I've got no, I've got no beef with Habitat for Humanity. I have a problem with the soup kitchens and I have a problem with Raleigh Rescue Mission. I have no problem with all of these things. But you're out of order if, in fact, you are taking the gift that God has given you and using it out in the world and not using it in the church. That is out of order. And that is not why you were created. Thank you, people to my left. All right. So. Thus, a sermon. Four of them, to be exact. We're going to talk about over the next several weeks. Last time, we talked about commitment to the local church. Uh, today, we'll talk about committed. We are to be committed to use our spiritual gifts in the local church. And then next week, we'll talk about we're to be committed to submit to the Lord and leadership in the local church. That's a biggie. Y'all don't want to miss that one. Submit to the Lord. Y'all don't even like it already, do you? You don't even like the, y'all don't even like the title. Y'all don't even like the word submit. Y'all like, I don't even like the word submit. I ain't coming to church that Sunday. I'm going to flip it up on you, right? I might do number four on week three. And week three or on week four. You don't know. You don't know. Commit it to submit to the Lord and leadership. And then finally, number four, we'll talk about on the fourth week, I promise, committed to support the mission of the local church. Committed to practice the one another's in the local church. We've talked about that. Committed to use our spiritual gifts to the local church. Committed, number three, to submit to the Lord and leadership in the local church. And finally, committed to support the mission of the local church. And um, so we'll deal with those um, final three today and over the next uh, a couple of three weeks. The last time we talked about point number one, committed to practice the one another's in the local church. And we pointed out that Christians aren't just made to consume, we are made to contribute. Did you hear me? Christians aren't made to consume, aren't just made to consume, we are made to contribute. God has blessed each of us and called each of us to be a blessing or to give back. And God has given us spiritual gifts and talents and he wants us to use them first again to be a blessing to one another to the church. And once we fulfill that duty of blessing the church with the gifts that God has given us, then we are to go out into 
the community, out into the soup kitchens, into the, the rescue missions and things like that. But we're to use our gifts for one another first and then the community. If you missed the first point committed to the one another's in a local church, I'd encourage you to stop by the bookstore and pick up a CD copy. Um, I think there's one available. Today we pick up with point number two. I've titled this sermon, you already know it, Committed to Use Your Spiritual Gifts in the Local Church. Romans chapter 12, saints, we're picking up in verse four, and we'll read through verse eight and come back and have some comments. Romans chapter 12, we're picking up in verse four. If you're looking at verse four, say amen. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Underline that. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. And he who teaches in teaching, and he who exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives, let them give with what saints? Liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy, they should show mercy with cheerfulness. Start right there, saints. Point number one, committed to use your spiritual gifts in the local church. First of all, let me um, answer um, a question. What does it mean to be committed to the local church. What does it mean to be committed to the local church? What does it mean? It means, got your pen? It means that a person should plant themselves in that church with the heart and the idea of giving their life to the people of that church. It means you partner with that church for the purpose of seeing God's people edified and God glorified. You partner with the church whether it's here, this is not your home church, then another church, the church that you fellowship, you partner with that church and with the ministry of that church and with the vision of that church of seeing God's people edified, built up, and God glorified. God has enabled that to happen by giving gifts to the church. Now let's back up to move forward. Acts chapter 2, you know the story, it's the day of Pentecost. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, and all those who were gathered together, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with glacialia, other tongues. And at that time that they were filled with the Spirit, they were also given gifts. They were given a gift. So everyone who is born again, Everyone who receives Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, they are given a gift from the Holy Spirit at the time that they are saved. It's really unfortunate that um, many people don't believe in the gifts of, spirits any, uh, of the Spirit anymore. Uh, there are certain churches that don't believe the gifts exist, nor should they function in the church. They call themselves cessationists. Cessationists. They don't believe the gifts um, are for today, or should they function uh, in the church? D.L. Moody said this, and I like it. He said, you might as well try to hear without ears or breathe without lungs as to try to live a Christian life without the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of God in your heart. Don't you love that? You might as well try to hear without ears or breathe without lungs 
as to try to live a Christian life without the gifts of the Spirit and the Spirit of God in your heart. I love that. Every single Christian in this room who considers Calvary Chapel carry their home church has a role to play. And God has equipped you to play that role. Or God has given you a gift that you can function in, in that role. You know, I don't think we get this. Do you understand that everybody is called to ministry? Every believer is called to ministry. I think we think, especially in a culture today, we think the people on staff or the pastor is called to ministry. The leadership. They're called to ministry. Listen, every single born-again believer is called to get in the game and do the work of the ministry. Christianity is not a spectator sport. We all need to get in the game. All God's people are called to be in the ministry. All God's people are sent on a mission. The only question is, where? C.H. Spurgeon said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Don't you love that? Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Now, don't get the word missionary stereotyped. I think we think of missionary. We think of missionary like missionary Africa. Missionary India. Missionary Hawaii. Ooh. I think I'm on to something. Ooh, that was from the, that was from the spirit. That was from the spirit. Missionary Hawaii, yes. There's lots to do in Hawaii. So we think of missionary as abroad. The word missionary means someone called, and I had to kind of look this up myself because I actually didn't know until yesterday. The word missionary, I mean the technical meaning. The word missionary means someone called to set aside personal ambition to be a witness for the gospel. Someone called to set aside personal ambition to be a witness for the gospel, and that can be done in Africa, and that can be done in Apex. Interesting. Many people want to be a missionary and tell people about Jesus in a far and distant land, but they don't want to tell people about Jesus across the street from their house. Mm-hmm. I'm on to something here. They don't want to tell me, hey, it's happened. People have come to me and said, you know, Pastor, I feel God's calling me to the ministry. And uh, God is calling me to be a missionary in a far and distant land. <laughs> so really? Well, where would that far and distant land be? I don't know. I just feel like the Lord is telling me to get on an airplane and travel over the seas. <laughs> and go to the people's. Without electricity in, in the villages. Really? Wow, that's, that's a pretty awesome call. Let me ask you a question. Do the people across the street from you know that you're a Christian? Well, no, no, you know, we neighbors, we don't talk to each other. I mean, we just, uh, we, you know, we just neighbor. I mean, if I see you, if I pull up and you happen to be outside, I'll just go, hey, you know, what's up? Hey, how y'all doing? But other than that, we don't talk to each other. I mean, nobody does that anymore. So you mean to tell me you want me to believe that God is calling you to a far and distant land 
And you can't even travel across the street to tell your neighbor that you're a believer. I tell you what, start right there. Here's your homework. I want you to go across the street and tell your neighbor that you're a Christian and then come and talk to them about Jesus and make sure they're a believer because that's what you do in a far and distant land. I'm trying to save you some money. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes, I'm trying to save you some money. That's what they do. They tell folk about Jesus, and those folk get saved. Now, I want you to go across the street, and I want you to tell your neighbor about Jesus, lead them to Christ, disciple them in the word, teach them the scriptures, watch them grow, and then come back here and tell me that God has called you to a far and distant land. And then I'll say, then I believe it. Okay, but by the time they get back, it'd be about four or five years in. Okay, because discipleship doesn't happen overnight. You, you understand what I'm saying? That doesn't happen. You got that takes time. And when you go overseas, it takes time to pour into people's lives. People don't know what they want. They just they just think that it's cool because it, you know we're missionaries and we, we go overseas. This is a calling from God. And if you can't tell your neighbor about Jesus, you're certainly not going to tell people in a far and distant land about Jesus. Now, we've all been given a gift. We've established that. And we're all expected to use that gift for the church. First Corinthians 12, 11, write that down. First Corinthians 12, 11, But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11, As each one, note that saints, as each one has received the gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. And if anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. Peter says, as each one, let me have that verse, thank you. Peter says, as each one, let me have the the verse at the beginning. I want them to see it. Peter says, as each one has received the gift, we should minister that gift in serving one another. Now, if you're reading the NASB or the New American Standard Bible, it reads, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. Anybody reading NASB? Raise your hand. If you're reading the NASB, am I right about it? It says, it does say employ it? You didn't look. Go ahead, we'll wait. (laughs) He had the nerd ask me what verse. (laughs) Let me check. First Peter. (laughs) First Peter chapter four, verse 10 through 11. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> you doctors, I'll tell you. Employ. Yes, it does. Uh-huh. The word employ. The word employ means 
to put that gift to work. Put that as each one has received a special gift, employ it. Put that gift to work. Whatever you do, whatever you have, whatever God has gifted you, you are to use it for the good of the body and the glory of God. Employ it. Put it to work. Think about that. If you're a business owner, you totally get this. If you employ or hire someone who is not working and you put them to work and that employee is no longer unemployed. That employee is no longer idle. That employee is no longer inactive. Now he's active and doing something productive. He's employed. And you'd be disappointed to walk by one day and see your new employee acting like he's unemployed. You'd be disappointed. You know, I was thinking about this guy. I actually wrote that and I thought about this guy so many years ago. Um, I don't know if I told you guys this, but so many years ago, um, we were in another building, not this church, but in another building. And I hired this uh, guy as an assistant pastor. We had maybe 400 people then. Um, maybe not even as many people as in this room right now for the whole church. And, but I hired him as an assistant pastor to help, as an assistant to the pastor, to help with the church and, 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 and whatever that might be. You know, I don't, if you work here, you know, but uh, for those of you, uh, I don't give out job descriptions when, when I hire somebody. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't really believe in job descriptions in the church. Now, in the world, that's different. But in the church, I don't believe in job descriptions because when you are called to ministry, you are called to ministry. That means doing whatever needs to be done. The word minister, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the word minister means to help. It simply means to help. And so you're called to help and to do whatever needs to be done. So I hired this guy and to, to, to help. To, you know, clean the classrooms and vacuum the floor and straighten up the chairs and church stuff. Stuff needs to be done. Toys need to be clean. You know there's somebody that has to clean the toys? That's a ministry. Somebody has to clean the toys because those kids down there and those kids down there and... <laughs> okay, then you put your kid in there and it touches it. Somebody's got to clean the toys. And sanitize the toys. So somebody's got to do all that stuff. It takes people to do it. So I hired this guy to just do the stuff around the church. So one day I go walking by one of the offices, and he is sitting on the floor in the corner reading his Bible. And I said to him, what are you doing? I employed you to work here at the church. Why are you acting like you're unemployed when I employed you? He said, well, God told him to take the day and to spend it with him in reading the Bible. Well, I told him that God told me since he was since he was acting unemployed, that he should be unemployed. (laughs) Amen. Same is true of the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit. If you have been born again and God has given you a special gift, we know that he wants you to employ it. He wants you to put it to work. God doesn't want us to allow our gifts to remain in uh, idle and inactive. He wants them to be used to their full capacity in serving one another. Verse 4 in our text teaches us and tells us that each member of the body has a function. Paul says just like the human body has different members and different jobs and different functions, the same is true of the church. God has a function or a job for the church. God has a job. Listen, please hear me. God has a job just for you to do here at Calvary Chapel if you consider this your home church. 
God has a job for you. Like it or not, we are members of one another. We are connected believers forever. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Forever, we're connected. We'll be together forever. Now and in heaven. So we're to serve one another, just like every single member of your physical body is connected. Your knee bone, connected to your hip bone. What is it? Is it? Oh, thigh. Thigh bone, thigh bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thigh bone connected to your hip bone. Hip bone connected to the backbone. Is that right? We're connected. (laughs) That's the point. I've been doing this a minute. We're connected. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.